Hello and welcome to the Mind Affinity Podcast. You're listening to part two of my chat with Jay Unwin. If you haven't checked out part one, I highly recommend it. Here's part two. The mind is capable of amazing things and yet so many people use that immense power to hold themselves back. Imagine what you could achieve harnessing that power and using it to push yourself forward. This is the Mind Affinity Podcast, the place for advice and inspiration to help you empower yourself. Welcome to part two of my chat with Jay Unwin. Toward the tail end of the last part, we were talking about people who had been through really extreme adversity and difficult situations, for example, concentration camps, and talking about how even those people in those situations had the opportunity to make a choice. They had the choice of how they reacted and responded in those situations. They may not have been able to control what was happening around them, but they still had the ability to take control of their own choices. This is where the conversation carried on. Um, so we're, we might be going through challenges, and I'm not kind of belittling anyone's challenges because genuinely people are going through health challenges, financial challenges, emotional challenges. Um, I get it. I really, really do. But it's still not going to be as bad as that. And we still... If they had a choice in how they responded to it, then we have a choice in how we respond to what we've got going on. Spot on. So I would add there that um, something I say a lot is the biggest thing that you've ever been through, the, the yep. toughest challenge, the, your hardest thing is exactly that. It's the hardest thing you've ever been through. So yep. for those guys who were in the concentration camp, that was by far the, the worst thing they'd ever experienced. For someone who is listening to this podcast on their smartphone just because you haven't been through that doesn't yeah. mean that what you're going through right now isn't the worst thing that's ever happened to you and so trying to compare just doesn't work like i agree with your point entirely and i, I get what you were saying from it spot on um but just for anyone who's listening who's really really struggling with something in their lives yeah. right now that's okay too and just yeah. because someone else had it worse doesn't make your problems any uh, less lesser or of less importance so but with that in mind you still if I, have that choice and you still yeah, have yeah, power absolutely. And to, exactly to word it. it to word it differently in that in 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 that way as well because some people obviously will be going through something which seems completely insurmountable at the moment but it's unlikely to have been the first time they felt that way so throughout their lives they will have felt like what they're going through is insurmountable and it wasn't because they're still here and yes, it may not, the outcome may not have been what they wanted, but they're still here and they've got a 100% survival rate for whatever's happened. And I think that's sometimes that's, that's been a, a big um, kind of a boost to my, I guess, how I feel about certain situations when I'm going through challenges is knowing that I've got through everything um, up until this point. I mean, we were talking about challenges earlier on. One of the big ones for me, when I was 17, I was diagnosed with lymphoma. So, uh, which is a cancer of the lymphatic system. Um, so it's related to things like leukemia and stuff like that. Um, and and so, so that to me, I'm not going to go through the full story there, but we were talking about challenges earlier on. That was a big one for me as a, as a just about to turn 18 year old getting a diagnosis of you've got cancer. The age of 17, 18, you think you're invincible. And so that was a big punch to the gut, right? And um, 
you don't have any idea of your own mortality. And that was a huge challenge for me in going through treatment and all the rest of it, trying to juggle that, doing do my A-levels and all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so sometimes when I'm struggling with things, I'm just like, I've survived cancer. Like, and that reminds me, it gives me a bit of perspective. So sometimes, yes, it's not about other people's stuff. Sometimes I use other people's stuff and I go, well, I'm not in a concentration camp and that helps me. Um, but other times it will be about stuff that I have experienced myself. Uh, and probably the other big thing, like that's a physical health challenge. Obviously, there were mental health knock-ons to that as well in terms of um, health anxiety and, and worry and contemplating my death at the age of 18. Um, but I've, I've had two or three big severe bouts of depression resulting in one, losing my teaching career. Um, and one was when I was a teenager. Uh, one was when losing my teaching career. And another one was... Um, a couple of years ago, so two, 2017, I had a six-month bout of really full-on moderate to severe depression um, where I lost my personal training business, um, had to move away from where I was living and all of this stuff. And that was a huge challenge as well. And so when I'm struggling on that side of things, because I still, I still suffer with depression and um, I have good days and bad days, but because of having had that experience, I kind of look back on it and I'm able to ride the waves a bit more the waves are still there, but I'm able to ride those peaks and troughs a lot more uh, effectively and in a more controlled manner, having had those experiences. So I guess reflecting on not just other people's experiences, but my own challenges in the past as well. But using both of those tools has really helped me. That's awesome. So we, uh, you, you spoke about law of attraction and uh, I'm just, I could not agree more. Um, so I actually, I wrote a blog about this like a year, maybe even two years ago now, probably about a year ago, just over. Um, and, uh, I titled it something, uh, that also I wouldn't say on my podcast right now. Um, and, oh, I, never actually, done so well. and I never actually released it. Oh, right. Okay. And there's a few times that I've had conversations about it and I've kind of battled with myself and thought, should I release it? Should I not? Do it. Do it. Do you know what? I, th I think I will. Um, but I think what I'll do instead is instead of releasing it as a blog, I might just put it out there as a, as a live video or something like this, because yeah. then I can make sure that it comes across in the right way. Because the very start part of it says pretty much like you did. If this works for you and it helps you, great. Keep doing it. Don't read any further. But the moment that it stops or becomes frustrating or causes you a problem, please come back and read this. Um, because like on the surface, there's a lot of, of truth to it. And actually there's evidence behind it, elements of it. For example, positive thinking. That's a big part, that's a massive part. It's kind of the core of, of law of attraction, isn't it? Is that you think about yeah. positive things. And that's absolutely true. That will help you. Uh, you know, a, a study was done, a bloke called uh, Professor Dr. Um, Richard Wiseman. I uh, don't know if you've come across his stuff. Brilliant guy. I know the name, yeah. Um, and, and he did a, an experiment into luck. They got a load of people together. Uh, they uh, kind of asked them some questions, did some exercises, and then sent them on their way one at a time. But the real test was as they left. Um, so that one of the questions they were asked is whether they considered themselves to be a lucky person or an unlucky person. And... I can't remember the 
stats and figures off the top of my head, but an overwhelming majority of the people who considered themselves lucky spotted that they'd let, that there was some money on the floor and they left the building and picked it mm. up. Yeah. The vast majority of those who consider themselves unlucky didn't. Yeah. If you're looking for good stuff, if you're open to the opportunities because you believe good stuff can happen, you're going to see it. Yeah. It's basically cognitive differentiation, right? You, you're, you're ready to accept it and notice it for what it is. Yep. That doesn't mean that if I imagine a hooker's going to appear in my sock drawer, that's going to happen right now. No. Reaches over to his sock drawer check. No, it's, it's just not there. Didn't happen, right? Um, you can't just believe something enough and make it reality. That's yeah. not physics. Yeah. That's not how it's life arrogant. and the universe it's, it's works, arrogant. right? Um, and, and you need to take action, real, solid action. And I think... Yep. People who are real advocates of, of law of attraction will tell you that that's not what it's saying, but like because there's so much focus on belief and faith. In fact, to be honest, that's the thing that first put me off from it is that anything that says, if this doesn't work, it's because you didn't believe in it enough. Yeah. No, straight yeah. away, throw it out. Yeah. Throw yeah. it out. And yeah. that's why I want that's why I wrote the blog originally. That's what I wanted to put out there is like, don't ever accept responsibility for things not working out because you didn't have enough faith in some external system. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Possible yeah, that things don't work out because you didn't have enough faith in yourself. That happens a lot. But you can build that faith in yourself. You can go out and make those things happen, and it becomes evidence again of the person that you're becoming like we were talking about in the first part if someone if you're a good driver and you're driving along minding your own business and someone runs a red light and smashes into the side of your car you didn't attract that like <laughs> that that's not what happened right if you're and here's here's one right if you're 17 years old and you get diagnosed with lymphoma, you didn't f***ing attract that. Sorry, I did so well. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> you did very well. <laughs> if you're, it's, it's just this idea that it, it, like it's, it's victim blaming. Yeah. It's victim blaming, essentially. It's saying, it's saying, well, you know, that, that happened to you because you, no, no, that happened to you because some other person has made a decision. Bad or, stuff happened. Yeah, stuff happens. That is, it's chaos, right? Your yeah. house gets washed away by a tsunami. It's not because you thought that was going to happen and you somehow manifested it. That's not. And actually, there's a real danger there as well. If you base your life around those beliefs that just imagining stuff is going to make them happen, Stoic principles teach yep. us that we can deal with loss much better if we're prepared for it, right? Yes. Yep. No, I'm yep. not saying you should spend your life imagining that everyone around you is going to die. But they are, <laughs> like at some point, yourself included. Yep. Um, so that's the reality of the situation. You're not going to change that by believing otherwise, right? Yeah. You're just yep. not. And so like, embrace every moment that you've got with those people. Yep. But it's harder to do that if they're going to be around forever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. This is the thing. It's one of the, one of the most... Th what, what gives anything value, right? What gives anything value is rarity. Temperance, yeah. Yeah. And, and, so, and so if you have unlimited X, then X becomes completely worthless. If you had unlimited anything, it becomes worthless. If you've got unlimited time, 
it becomes worthless. And it's, so it's something that I, that I think about a lot is mortality. Um, and it's something which, again, is, an, is a, a direct, probably partly direct, partly indirect offshoot of, the, of, of what I dealt with as a teenager. But it's, it's made me think, oh, I am going to die. And it could well be before I think I'm going to die. And and something which has helped me massively. It's interesting that you um, that you mentioned uh, kind of st uh, like stoic teachings and stuff like that. But meditation's literally right here. Nice. Nice. I read, it, I read it every single morning. It's just on on the side here, and I read it. I read passages from that every single morning because it's helped me with the. Um, you know, we were talking about enough earlier, and I was too much on the other side. I wasn't, I, I was too, uh, I guess, too ambitious and too focused on the future and focused on more and what can I do and da, 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 that I was missing the stuff that I've already got. I was missing the stuff that was right in front of me. And so one of the things um, that, 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 that that kind of philosophy taught me, again, like uh, among other things, and it is like, it's almost like the anti-law of attraction, isn't it? It's like, like what's what's right in front of you this is the like yes there's, there's chaos going on you the one thing that you can affect at any point in your life is whether you're a good person it's your it's your decision of how to act how you're going to show up and so yeah i mean and that, that is interesting because i mentioned victor frankl earlier on man's search for meaning is considered a modern stoic text because mm -hmm. of that kind of um that that angle that he's coming at um, some people find this stuff depressing when they first look into it, but actually I find it massively empowering, massively empowering because it, it gets you focusing on what's right in front of you, what you can do. And if you've got someone like Marcus Aurelius, who was at the time the most powerful man on the planet, and he's written a journal to himself, never meant for publication daily to remind himself to not get carried away with this power and to stay grounded and you've got access to reading what he wrote to himself to remind himself to be a good person when he could have done whatever he wanted literally whatever he wanted he could kill who he wanted he could do whatever right and you've got this book reminding me go basically don't be a dick yeah <laughs> and, uh, and we've got access to that and he said that's a powerful thing you know and it, it does i think it helps it's, it's kept me grounded and it's helped me massively through challenges because one of the one of the um I can't remember the exact wording, so I'm going to, you know, I'll paraphrase it and probably slaughter it. But one of the one of the um, maxims from meditations is says something along the lines of what's um, what blocks the path becomes the path. What stands in the way becomes the way. And and the idea that the obstacles that you will be up against will end up being the, the way forward. And that idea that there will be opportunities within that, even if the opportunity is just to toughen up, even if the opportunity is to learn a lesson and become more empath empathic to people who are going through the same things, even if that's the only opportunity, that's a huge opportunity just by getting through that challenge. It doesn't have to be a, you know, a, an opportunity in the sense that this challenge is going to make me super wealthy or super healthy or whatever. No, but it's, you don't know what's going down the line that that's going to prepare you for. You know, yes, exactly. yeah. and ultimately it comes back to choice again there, doesn't it? You have yeah. the choice to go, there's an obstacle in the way, damn obstacle. Yeah. Or you've got a choice to go, there's an obstacle in the way. What am I going to do with this? How do I get yeah. around this? Yeah. And actually, like, if you want to get to the, the, if you want to get to the top of a, a mountain, 
right? Or, or, or a hill or whatever. And something's blocking the path. If you really care about getting to the top of that hill, you can do it. You might need to walk around the path. You might need to find a way around the obstacle. You may need to find a way over or through. Or, yep. But if you just go, oh, there's an obstacle. Well, great. You can go back to the bottom of the hill. Brilliant. But if that, if the peak matters to you, yeah. then you'll find a way. But it's yeah. that choice, isn't it? And, and like one, of the lessons, one of the lessons might be that that peak wasn't that important to you. That might be the lesson. Yeah, yeah, you might yeah. get to the obstacle and go, well, obviously, this isn't that important to me. I'm climbing the wrong hill here. Yeah. But also, you could get to that obstacle, which makes you go around it, which makes you then see something else that you wouldn't have yeah. seen. Experience yeah. something different. Yeah. Meet someone new who's on their way back down who's going to teach you something. You yeah. know, you just never know what's around that corner. And yeah. you have the ability to turn those obstacles, those challenges, those difficulties, not just into something to learn from but sometimes the very thing that allows you to to achieve what you're going to achieve because let's yeah. be realistic whatever you're doing and whatever you're aiming for if you're pushing yourself you're gonna stumble right <laughs> you're going to fail i used to i used to say um there's no such thing as failure only feedback which sounds great but rubbish there's failure <laughs> Failure's a great thing failure is the opposite moment, of it? success it's part of it right yeah. So you're going to trip up and you're going to make mistakes and yep. good. You should do because every time you do, you learn to get back up every time you, if you never made a mistake and then something went wrong, it's going to go catastrophically wrong and you're not going to yep. deal with it. And that, that goes back to the kind of the thing about kind of law of attraction and positive thinking and stuff like that. So I believe that, um, so I, I, I've been into kind of personal development and stuff like that for a number of years. And I went, I went, I've been through the whole law of attraction thing. I've been through the whole kind of positive mental attitude, positive psychology thing. And it's very I, alluring, I isn't it? It, it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it sounds great. Mm. Um, but the, but this is the thing. And I've taken bits from it and I've understood, understood bits of things. And obviously with the science background and all, and, and all of that, I'm kind of naturally a bit of a skeptic about things. So I kind of take little bits and pieces and, and learn from things. And, and that's great. Um, but one of the things which has um, which turned me off of law of attraction and turned me off of um, kind of positivity in the traditional sense is the fact that it's it's if you're always thinking positively in the way that people think that means like happy right positive thoughts think that it's all going to go well which i get you've got to do that because it puts you in a certain mind frame which makes you more likely to do the things which will cause you to have that success i get it however if you do not plan for um things going just royally tits up then you're when they do inevitably happen you're not prepared for that and so it's all well and good thinking yeah it's all going to work out fine <laughs> but it's not always going to and so if you if you think about a military operation they don't go oh it'll be fine <laughs> they don't <laughs> yeah they we'll go, just do this and that's what will work and it'll be fine yeah, yeah. exactly i mean i so i, I don't have, i'm not talking about this from 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 experience or anything like that i don't have any military experience but friends who have um but read read books about things which use this as an example someone like um jocko willing who's a, an amazing um author i don't know whether you've come across him next no. navy seal um and he wrote a he's written a couple of books now 
Um, but it's well worth kind of looking at his stuff. But he, like one of the things there, it's like the Navy SEALs are going in and doing a, a, a kind of a, an operation, right? And these are some of the most highly trained military in the world. If anyone's going to be able to get it done, these guys are going to be able to get it done. But they don't go, oh, we're Navy SEALs. Of course we'll do it. We don't need to think about the possibility that things will go wrong because we're Navy SEALs. <laughs> they go, this could go wrong. This could go wrong. When we're looking at this map, these are the points where there could be ambushes. This, what happens if this happens? What happens if the, this doesn't work? What happens if, and they have a kind of a, a strategy for all of these possible occurrences. And if we approach life in the same way where we go, Yes, I, I, I can have posit a positive attitude, but that doesn't mean I have to stick my head in the sand and, be a, like, and not be a realist. I believe positivity, when I talk about positivity, it is about seeing the challenges or seeing the opportunities for obstacles and seeing the fact that these things will happen and dealing with it. That's, that's what positive is to me. I, like Ignoring the stuff that could go wrong is not positive. It's again it's delusional yeah. if you're doing to use to use a, an analogy which is more my kind of uh, experience in life gardening right not quite military <laughs> not as extreme. You, no exactly but if you don't there will be weeds and you have to deal with them if you don't if you just kind of look the other way and go there are no weeds but, you know, i remember it's, it, they, they, they will take over and this was you know again from from bits and pieces like that i've listened to seminars that i've listened to books that i've read that was an analogy which really stuck with me because it was you 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 deal with it you go there are weeds and then you sort it out you don't go no nah, there aren't any there aren't any weeds it's a beautiful garden this this is the the most common starting point for me working with uh i, I do a lot of work around anxiety so large majority of the clients that I work one-to-one -one with um, it's around anxiety and nearly always the first conversation is about recognizing that it's okay to feel anxious right <laughs> because what tends to happen is that people go oh no I don't like that feeling so they avoid it and ignore it yep. until it gets to the point where they can't ignore it anymore by which point they can't do anything about it it's too late and it, it that that thought is just smacks them and that's when people then have anxiety attacks panic attacks and everything yeah. else. the moment that they go i'm beginning to feel a bit anxious and i'm okay with that because yeah. right now recognizing this gives me an opportunity to deal with it uh gives me an opportunity to learn and to practice reacting and responding differently it doesn't get to the point where where it blows up and if it does get to a point where it's bigger and badder than it otherwise would have been you've had more practice along the way. It's like yep. going back to that failure analogy, you know, if you know that you want to do it and you're going up that hill and you stumble well, by getting up, it means next time you stumble, you know how to avoid it better and you know how to get up easier. You know? Absolutely. Well, when we were talking about, um, you know, I was saying about being able to ride the waves a little bit better now than I was in the past. It's exactly the same kind of, I, I, it's a skill, isn't it? It's a skill that you learn in dealing with that. And through my experiences of depression and anxiety and all the rest of it, I've got to a point now where, and again, moving away from positivity, I'm allowing myself to feel a full spectrum of emotions, which means that when I 
when I uh, when I feel them, I go, oh, today I feel really low. I feel really like jittery and anxious, but I feel like my mood's low. That's cool. Like that's what I feel like today, and I can do things which can change it. But I'm not scared of that feeling. Whereas before, I was scared of it because it's like these are good emotions, these are bad emotions. Yeah, yeah. And, but then and you don't move away. To, from you don't want to take action to change it if you're scared of it, right? Because then you'd have to admit it. Yes, that yes, makes sense. Absolutely. Like if. Yeah, if, yeah. if if you know that anxiety is this horrible thing that you can't control and that you don't want to feel and experience, then why would you put on the music that you know helps you feel better? Why would you go for a run? Cause you know, that'll help because to take action on those things, you'd have to admit how you're feeling first and you don't Absolutely. want to. The, the other thing with that as well is that, and you, you, when, when, if you watched a film, right, if you watched a movie and it was all good stuff all the way through, it would be terrible. It would be a terrible movie. It'd be boring. <laughs> it would be insipid. It'd just be, ugh, ugh. Just nothing's happened, right? Fairly certain I watched one like that recently. Or rather, yeah, there's loads my of housemate them. watched one while I was reading. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what people want is to be taken on some kind of emotional roller coaster. They want to have, they want a, a period of really connecting with the characters. They want something to go wrong. They want then that thing to be overcome. And that's the, that's the basic plot of any film. Like, paint the scene, something goes wrong, people overcome what went wrong. That's like the simplest structure of a film, right? And then you can you can go full Christopher Nolan and it will be like way more complex than that. But the, the concept is that people want to feel scared. Why do people watch horror films? It's not, <laughs> why do people go on roller coasters? They want to feel the full spectrum of emotions. They want to feel elated, but they also want to feel scared. They want to feel worried. They want to feel sad. Why do people watch sad films? Because feeling sad is a valid emotion. It's part of the, the, the full thing. Art and all of that stuff is designed to emote all kinds of emotions in us. And our life should be the same. We should be able to, um, and we can with a lot of work. I mean, it's I'm nowhere near perfect and I'm still like, you know, still working, still a work in progress. And I always will be. But me now versus me 10 years ago is so much happier to kind of paint with all the colours rather than just the glossy ones. Yeah. My name's Jay Onwin and I am a mental and physical fitness coach. And I help people level up their daily routines and habits so that they can live a happier, more balanced life with more energy and more vitality. If you want to hear more about what I can offer and if you want to hear more, some free advice and loads of tips I put loads of stuff out on various channels so come and link up with me on facebook instagram youtube uh, i've just started a podcast as well which is available on spotify and a few other bits and pieces but if you stick my name in there jay unwin you should find all the stuff mate i love being sad <laughs> <That's weird. laughs> no right um but like you say it is you've got to use that full gamut and it's an emotion it's it's what we feel and i tend to i observe it with curiosity and intrigue and see it for what it is and just yeah like the process of i don't think it's not like sadness in itself is enjoyable right it's not no. but for me recognizing that i'm feeling it and having that opportunity to assess it and see what it relates to and it gives me a chance to learn something to understand something differently that i maybe wouldn't if i didn't feel that way because i wouldn't have taken the time to think about it in the same way you know yeah like, have you seen have you seen the film inside out the kids film do you know what? I haven't? That's been on my list for so long. <laughs> I, it's been on my list for ages and I only watched it within the past fortnight. And I've meant to watch it for like the past however many years. And 
it's really good like really good like they honestly like they 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 do it in such a simple way because obviously it's a kid's film but that understanding of how different emotions work and again like what you've said about sadness that's a big part of that film um in terms of the the kind of finding a finding a place for it if that makes sense mate yeah. you've got to watch it you've got to watch it i'm going to do you know what i've written i've made so many little notes of of things that i need to <laughs> come back yeah. to i'm going to yeah. listen back to this podcast while i'm editing it and just like end up with an even longer list of, of, of thoughts and well, let me know what you think speaking of which uh the time has absolutely flown by it's been <laughs> such a pleasure chatting with you genuinely i've yeah, yeah. Uh, i hope you have um yeah, absolutely. thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me and i feel like we definitely need to talk more um again <laughs> um yeah so I'll, I'll be in touch like i said we knew it would happen we knew it would happen <laughs> Thanks once again for checking out the Mind Affinity podcast. Remember, if you didn't get to listen to part one of this interview, now would be a great time to go and listen to that one back so that you can understand the full context of everything we've been discussing in today's episode. And why not check out some of the other stuff available from mindaffinity.co.uk, where you can subscribe to our weekly email that goes out, and check us out on Facebook. Join the group Empower Yourself and Others to be part of the Mind Affinity community. Thanks again.